Well, this is Barbara Magnolfi of Suspiria, and you're listening to Without Your Head. Welcome to the Station of Decapitation Without Your Head. I'm Nasty Neal, and I'm joined by Nita Vora, director of Francis, which will be at the Female Eye Film Festival in Toronto starting tomorrow. It's coming up very soon. It's very cool to have you here. Thank you. Thanks for having me. Yeah. Can you tell people what uh, what Francis is about? Yeah, of course. So Francis is a dark comedy uh, it's a feature-length dark comedy, and it's about um, a woman named Frances Davis who uh, lives in New York City, and she's just uh, had a really rough life, and she's trudging through her daily day-to-day existence, um, and um, she's not getting any handouts from anyone, and she's also being pretty defensive and rude to people around her. Uh, but she's had a hard life, and she's pretty tough. Um, so... Through a mysterious series of events, um, Francis is reconstituted as a white man um, and has to sort of like figure out how to um, maneuver herself through her new physical form. Um, And at first, it seems like she will be experiencing a lot of privileges. However, a lot of the, the shame and the pain and the guilt and the anger from her previous form only sort of follow her in this new physical form. Mm-hmm. Was there any, uh, anything that like inspired you to, to, to write the story? Um, I had a dream um, and it was about something different. I had this dream that this overweight um, woman um, goes for a job and doesn't get the job and then she becomes a very handsome man and she sleeps with the wife of the the man who didn't give her the job. And it was just like this really silly dream I had. And I was like, oh, I kind of like the idea of like um, metamorphosis and like somebody moving into another physical form. And then I kind of played with it a little bit more and I thought about the characters in my life and the people um, that were in my, my uh, environment in New York City where I live. And I started to think about what if it was a woman um, who kind of doesn't get a lot of opportunities sort of switches to a man who on the outside appears to be able to attract more opportunities and privileges in life. Mm-hmm. It's interesting. Cause you know, it talks about like, uh, like you just said there, um, is there more, more opportunities and does it actually change the person you are? Yeah. I mean, I think the whole point of the film is to kind of like, I don't want to give it all away, but Mm -hmm. to sort of like present like the argument that it doesn't really matter like who you are and what you look like. 
it, like your experiences in life and your reception of what life gives you has a lot to do with like the way you feel about yourself internally and less to do with what's going on externally and the response you get externally from other people. It's more to do with your internal process and the way you feel about yourself and your own self-worth. So, you know, it doesn't matter how like attractive you are uh, and on a societal level, you still feel like shit and you'll still mm -hmm. continue to act in a way that you don't like or doesn't feel good to you if you don't like yourself ultimately. Mm -hmm. So what's the response been um, for, for people who've seen it? So I think a lot of people have found it funny. Um, when I screened it in New York, like I got a bunch of laughs. Um, also just like, you know, it's sad, triggering. Um, some people said it was really brutal, very honest, the way in which I made it. Um, the acting style as well. Um, I think a lot of people felt that the performances really carry through and that they're quite genuine. I, I like mm -hmm. to work with actors who, or people who maybe don't have any acting experience. It's like, I enjoy that because it feels like it's sort of like you get to really play around with like being honest with feelings and asking people to just do what they think they should do as opposed to what they were trained to do. And I also find that interesting when I watch films and I see people acting and it's like the first time they ever acted and like they do a great job. Um, so a lot, of, a lot of the feedback was about the performances, especially the performance of Francis by Donna and James herself. Um, so yeah, that's generally what the feedback was like. Yeah. You mentioned it's very uh, real and I think a lot of it's, there's no uh, score and and there's even not a lot of dialogue yes, yes. in a lot in big parts of, of the movie yes yeah exactly what, um, so you go on sir no 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 you go ahead i was gonna say um the idea of like a lot of you know really just visuals for for part you know chunks of the movie what was that like to write so what's like the script like for for a lot for a lot of those scenes so that's a really interesting question because um, I did write a script um, because I'd like never written a film before and I was like, I'm just going to write a script and, um, and it was very detailed and it was very thorough. But when I came to shooting, I realized like to me that was just more like a blueprint that I, so I had an idea of what this film was about, but I just felt like it was more natural for me just ask people to look at the script as a guide, but just kind of do what they wanted to do. And, and a lot of some of the great scenes in the film, I feel for me, the best scenes are the ones where people are just improvising and just doing what feels good and it's like think about what the character would say in this moment and just do that um, and that was what was great about working with Donna um, the phone conversation where she's on the phone on the couch a lot she's kind of like complaining and gossiping a lot of that was just her coming up with ideas um, so yeah like I feel like um, for me I definitely feel like a script is necessary for me to like figure out what the film is about but mm -hmm. ultimately I just like to just see how I feel on the day and see what comes up and and just take things in a, the direction that feels natural because mm -hmm. yeah, it gives it like not a documentary feel but almost like a like a, a home video or like a hidden video like it's just you know you're totally. just watching people Yes, and I'm glad you said that. That makes me really happy. Yeah, yeah. it's like I, I like that. You know, like I find that interesting myself. You know, when when you, you see something, you're like, oh, wow. Like that's like, you know, that's like, you know, and just like you're really entertained by real stuff that happens and it feels like very natural. Not to say that films that are not like in that sure. style aren't entertaining, but like I definitely like 
enjoy that. And I also just go like people I know, hey, could you just be like the dollar store guy and just act the way you think a dollar store guy would be? And most people are like, yeah, this is really fun. I've never done this before. I have a full-time job, you know? Yeah. And it, it's, it's super spontaneous. And then I feel like there's an energy that gets captured in that. So um, that's like fun. It was a fun process. Mm-hmm. What was the, did you always have the decision not to have a score or was that, you know, at, like in post-production, you thought it played better without, without music? So I think that was a weird, like conscious and non-conscious decision. I think I just, um, I, I really love movies where there is like, where it's sort of quiet and, you know, sometimes I feel like um, music can sometimes enhance, I think it can enhance a film or a scene, mm-hmm. but oftentimes I find myself getting distracted by something. Oh, the violins are coming in now. I've got to be sad, you know, like, right. and it's I think trying it's trying to like, tell you how I, to feel. Exactly. And I don't like that. I think my audience is smarter than that and that they can make those decisions themselves. And I, cause this was my first feature. I really just wanted to like not over complicate it and just like leave things alone. And also because I, I felt like Donna and um, Antonio, they, their, their performances were so strong that they didn't really need that, you know? Um, and I liked a lot of the sounds that were just around. This is set in New York city. There's a lot of silence to you know, represent loneliness and sadness. And then there's a lot of like buzzing and like commotion and, and lots of things going on to represent how hectic and stressful New York can be, but at the same time, very isolating. So I, that was my reason for that. But that's not to say that in the next film, I wouldn't play around with music. I just, sure. I think I just felt like I wanted to keep it really simple. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It works for, for this particular movie. Yeah. Yeah. How, was it hard to cast the, the two leads? Um, you know, it was like interesting, like, um, it was, uh, I was, I'm just really glad that I found Donna cause I think she was exactly what I was looking for. I was, cause like I said, I was looking for people like real people, you know, who could just pretend they were these characters. Um, and yeah, there was, you know, I think it's hard to sort of like find exactly before, but, um, New York is full of interesting people. So, um, I ended up, you know, having a, like a massive pool of talent to choose from. Um, and also, like I said, just people who hadn't acted but were interested in like trying or, you know, like, hey, I saw your ad posting and I want to give it a shot and like took direction really well. So um, I think the one challenge was the number of characters and the number of scenes because like there was this part of me that was like, I don't want to like make this shorter or tone any of this down, even though it's a lot of work for me, I just mm-hmm. want to keep going with it. Cause I think like it makes it more entertaining, but all of these different things happen and these characters like come into contact with each other. Cause it just makes it more bizarre. So I like, there are a lot of scenes and characters that never like, you know, meet that, that are very different from each other. Um, so uh, yeah, it, that, I think that was the challenging element, the number of pe- of people, the cast number. But like, I think there were a lot of great people out there to pick from. The the people that weren't actors, like how how, how did you choose which one you wanted? Was it just interesting look or? Yeah, sometimes it was a look. Sometimes we had a chat on the phone, and they they had a really cool attitude. Um, often it was just like luck. It was like, hey, we're all going to meet here at this time. Um, and there's going to be pizza and then they turn up and then I do like, I, what I did was I tried different combinations of people out, like in the prayer group meeting, I was like, okay, now let's try you three and this person. And I just 
was filming all of the options and seeing what worked best. And, you know, and then maybe somebody wasn't in the scene, but I was like, you could be good at another scene, you know? Um, so it was just a lot of just trial and error, to be honest. The the, the two characters are both, they both play Francis. Do, do they spend time together to, to get any of similar like uh, mannerisms? No, absolutely not. Which is something I was thinking about. Um, yeah. I sent, uh, I shot pretty much all of the female Francis's um, scenes first. And then, so I did it chronologically. And then I, at the end of the entire thing, I shot all her end, her end scenes. Um, and then when I did to shoot the male Francis part, I showed him some of the stuff I'd shot, but I hadn't edited together. I was like, just so you get a sense of who she is and what she looks like. But then he just kind of like internalized what that meant to him, what he, what he saw. And then he just like played that out. Um, and I think it was a good, I think it was good. And the, the other thing was, what was important to me is like, I didn't want a caricature, like a white man, potentially a black woman, you know, like I wanted it to be like, he's like afraid. Like if you went through that process, you would be in shock. You wouldn't be yourself. You would be different. And then you would, you wouldn't be pretending to be like, Oh, I'm I'm still trying to act like the way I did. And he does that a bit at the beginning when Mm -hmm. he's talking on the phone and he's trying to figure out where he is. But then he kind of like realizes how, critical society is and the people in his community of who he is now and that he needs to quickly adapt and and change and like look like a guy if that's who he is because he couldn't possibly be this kind of in-between confused individual because that's not acceptable and like nobody seems to have any patience or tolerance for that Mm -hmm. yeah and i think if uh now you mention all that like if he did just try to play a caricature of her uh, it would be more. It would be more overtly like parody and and comedy. Exactly. Yeah. And I mean, I think there's been movies like that before. Like, yeah, yeah. There's tons. Um, of, the Watermelon yeah. Man or whatever that movie was. Yeah. Like, and those movies are great too. But like, mm-hmm. that wasn't the point with this film. So, yeah. Yeah. So you've never. Ri- you said you never uh, wrote a script before. Had you ever made the shorts mm-hmm. or, or anything? No, I've never. I've I worked on a small documentary in India couple of years ago but now this is my first stab at it I um I just decided I would um I would go for a feature why not you know yeah. I thought if I'm gonna make a short then I'm gonna be like oh man I want to I want to make more because I know what I'm <laughs> uh-huh. like so I was like I was like I'm just gonna go in and I'm gonna just jump in and just do this thing and like I don't have a budget I don't have anything but to me it was like that's to me what making a film is about it's about like just I want to make, I want to tell a story and like with limited resources and just do it. And that's why it took me a long time to make because I didn't have any. Well, how, how long did it take? Um, honestly, um, I started it in uh, about, I think it took me about four years, four to five years total. Um, I probably shot the thing over three years. Well, maybe two, two to three years. And then I had posts and then I, you know, I think, job so I had to pause for a bit um and then um yeah it was just like <laughs> I ran out of money and then I have to stop shooting and I get some more money you know and then and then someone gives me another another like some month some um camera equipment I'm like oh, oh yeah okay so I can continue and you know um so it was like a lot of shooting at the weekend taking random days off working with people's schedules um uh, Donna at the time she hadn't retired so she was working and I had to work around her schedule and then Antonio worked like different shifts 
uh, in retail. So if we were going to shoot in the day, I had to take a day off work when he was off. Um, so, yeah, it was a lot of that. And then a lot of the casting I would do, honestly, like a week or two before the scene because I had so much to do. So I would just like stagger it. Um, and I know I think back at that, as ridiculous as it was <laughs> to be doing this whole thing on my own, it was kind of a fun experience because it was very intimate and it was very much like, oh, I'm shooting this scene next week. Okay, I better look for some actors. And then, you know, you got them involved, you got them interested in, and then you shoot straight away. There's no time to like reevaluate like, okay, maybe this isn't the best person. And someone like, I usually am a perfectionist, but this kind of got me just doing things, you know. I think where I spent too much time was the post side. Well, it's not too much time, but that's where I could kind of like indulge a little bit more and really took my time to shape what the film was going to be. Um, so, yeah, I think about four years or so. Wow. So um, you said looking back is like fun, but when you're when you were actually doing it, uh, that was it. Was it all fun, or was it, I assume there's be also a lot of stress? Yeah, it was a lot of um, hard work. Um, it was. Uh, it could be a bit stressful um, because I wanted it to be good. Um, but uh, at the end of the shoot, I would just be really happy um, because I'd be like, "Yes, I got some good content," you know. Um, yeah, so I think that that always is something that you have to deal with when you're making something. Um, but there was a lot of experience, like a lot of it was experimental for me, which was super mm-hmm. exciting. Um, and I didn't feel like, I think, um, you know, a lot of filmmakers and this is probably where I'll go next. Maybe we'll, you know, there's a lot of planning involved and budgets and getting a producer and thinking about distribution and thinking about festivals and which is all really, really smart. But like, I really didn't want to go down that road with this because I was like, this is going to be something that I just do for fun. And I don't want to care about like what mm-hmm. other people think about it because I just have this strong idea in my head and I want to get it out there. And I'm super glad that I did it that way because it sort of like took the weight pressure off. It was just like, this is fun, you know? And at the end of the day, I really liked what, what came out of it, but I think it came out that way because I didn't have any pressure from anybody else saying you need to do this and you need to have this done by this day and this has to go here. And it's like, yeah, maybe it wasn't the smartest decision, but to me it felt very authentic. So, um, yeah, like I, I think, I think some of that sort of like counteracted like some of the stress, I think. Yeah. What was this, the thought process to like, just be like, I want to make a, a feature movie. Like, did you have any background in, in, uh, did you have film school or anything? You're just like, I, just one day I want to make a movie? No, I didn't go to film school. Um, mm-hmm. I, um, I started sort of like working. I, I, I work in, in post-production. I've pretty much been working in post-production for the okay. last 10 years. So I have a lot of editing experience. Um, but um, I think like I moved to New York about 10 years ago and I, I just like loved going to see all the different movies. I've always been into movies and I was just soaking up so much con, so much like stuff I was seeing mm-hmm. and I was just really inspired um, and I just what I knew I wanted to make something and um, I just kind of was like I, I just I've always been somebody who likes to kind of just do things and not yeah. like learn how to do them necessarily so <laughs> yeah. um, so I, I don't know like that's 
I mean, I had to learn how to do like camera stuff, but mm-hmm. I had like the basics down and then it was just like, oh, how do I want to like this? You know, instead of like following any rules on how lighting should be. Mm-hmm. And I also was inspired by a lot of directors who have worked in that way and have been very organic with their process. And I was just like, yeah, I'm going to just ever and just make this like work. Um, and then obviously the editing side I had experience in. So that part was like not, I wasn't so new to that. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, like I, I didn't, yeah, I just kind of knew I wanted to make a film and, uh, I just thought, just, just go for it. <laughs> yeah. No, I think that's, uh, cause I think a lot of people, you know, probably listen to this, you know, want to make something or always talk about wanting, but mm-hmm. you know, uh, you just never do. And, uh, mm-hmm. the only way you're going to do it is if you actually do it, you know? Yeah. I, it's hard as well. You know, like with oh, film, sure. like it's like really there's a lot of like um just there's a lot of moving parts you know you've got a great idea and then you have to execute it and you need other people to help you execute whether it's an actor or a camera person or whatever and there is like money involved you've got paid spaces hey can you do me a favor can i use your shop for like an afternoon and then the actor says they can't do that day and there's like all the scheduling involved and it's just like it's kind of like a logistical nightmare on some levels if, if you're just trying to do it on your own and i think a lot a lot of that can sort of like sort of um just like lessen your kind of like um, desire to make the film. You could be like, oh, I'm just burnt out on this, you know. So um, I I know why that's I know why it's hard to like execute, and I I know because I think I've tried before. I even made this film to do something. It was like, ah, oh, this is difficult. So what I did, I went with a story that was easy for me to just like do in my environment. Like I was like, I'm in New York. I shot on the subway. I like, you know, I didn't ask permission, but I should have. Like I just did. I did a lot of just like, ah, oh, shoot in my apartment. Shoot here, handheld. Try this. Try this. You know, like. Yeah. Um, and I think that is a good first step to like making a film. Just like taking what you have and making it good because you don't need expensive cameras. You don't need expensive lights. You don't big crew to make something good and because mm-hmm. i've seen that in films i've seen as well um you just have to have a lot of ideas you just have ideas and be creative and just you know and also fix stuff in post as well that's useful as well um yeah. so yeah like i think like if you if you simplify it you can sort of just do it you know yeah yeah i was actually asked about getting shots in the subway and, and the casino but i assume they're both the same answer yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I won't tell anybody. It's all good. So, uh, yeah, cool. So, yeah, since you had a background in editing, but yeah. there's got to there's got to be a big difference, I would think, anyway, in editing your own stuff. Because in my mm. mind, you'd always be like, you don't, you'd have stuff that like you're, you have the memory of filming, and even, it, it, or maybe it's different since you are an editor in uh, in trade as mm-hmm. a. It, it, would you have a, would that be a problem ever to like, well, like I had a good time like filming this part. So it's hard for me to edit out. Or did you just look at it as this is the best for, for the story I'm telling? Yeah. I, 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 I totally know what you're talking about. Um, yeah. So I, I remember this one scene, it was a baptism scene and I, I had this idea that Francis becoming a man was going to be somewhere, some way kind of related to, 
um, Jesus and, the, and and baptism and being reborn. Also, because Antonio has that beard and his hair is kind of long, so I was like, oh, he's Jesus. And I was like, she can watch a baptism in a church and then go home in the rain and then have her own baptism in the bath. It's going to be really, <laughs> I was like, this is going to be great. But so I, I shot that, but I wasn't happy with how it looked. But I, you know, it, got, it it's, I spent a lot of time on that scene. Um, I did bring in other people to help me light it. You know, I had this actor get wet and then I had all these audience members and it was like a big part of my ego that didn't want to let go of that scene. But as you said, you know, I've learned as an editor to be ruthless on some level, not ruthless, but just be like really honest about what, what does the film need? What's going to make this a good film? You know, not what, like, what scene did I spend a lot of time on? It's like, it's not the best scene. It doesn't make sense. I don't have enough other scenes to link this together. So I'm just going to not use it, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, but there were other, you know, there were a lot of scenes that like got deleted like that. And I think that's just part of the process. And, um, you know, obviously when I was shooting, I was thinking about the editing. I was always getting tons of different shots being like, if I might want to edit like this, I might want to edit like that. Um, because I had this style in mind, but I didn't know if I could commit to it the entire way, which was just like long shots hand and like on tripod. And then I ended up like diverging from that. But like, yeah, like I think, um, I think a good editor, usually people don't edit their own films or I know a lot of people that don't. Mm. And that's because they, they need, they want to get a second opinion to sort of objectively be like, yeah, I think this looks good. You know, like this is, but I kind of was like, I just want to own this process and I'm just going to try really hard to like edit it as if, yeah, it's still my film, but I want it to be good. You know, I don't yeah. care if I wait, I spent hours on something. I just want it to be good, you know. Interesting. Cause um, I like to ask that question because I think myself, even if I just edit a video that I've done, mm-hmm. you know, it's hard for me to, uh, to edit stuff that I think is like, I have, it was fun for me to do with her. But, um, but, you know, a movie would be different. But um, one other person has a similar response to you, and they're also an editor. And so, mm-hmm. you know, they had the similar look. They had the background in editing, so they knew, you know, that this is just the way it has to be done. And yeah. So, so yeah. I, that probably helped you. I th- oh, it obviously would help you. Yeah. The background. It, yeah, it does. Yeah. Um, definitely, yeah. Mm. So once it's all finished, it, you know, it takes years to film it because you're filming on the weekends and then get it all posted mm-hmm. and edited. Then, like, uh, did you know what to do with it then afterwards? Like, you know, did you know, like, I'm going to submit this to festivals? Yeah, I, I like, again, I was like, oh, how do I do this? <laughs> like, what do I do with this thing now? And so I, yeah, I just submitted to festivals and um, I just, you know, research festivals I thought were a good fit um and then just yeah submitted um and uh that was the and like you know I shared it with other people I knew who are filmmakers got their opinion um but yeah I just wanted to get audiences to to see it and and um and get their feedback and, and enjoy it really so what so far what's the festival uh, uh scene been like for you it's not been great. <laughs> well, I haven't really, um, I don't think it's really um, a great fit for a lot of festivals. Um, mm-hmm. Because it doesn't like, really fit in, mm, in any genre. No, exactly. It's not like thriller. It's not comedy. It's not drama. It's just kind of like 
it's not weird enough to be experimental, if you know what I mean, in terms of weird. When I say weird, I mean it's like too structured. Um, so, like, these are all things I didn't consider before I made the film because I thought, I don't care, you know, I want to make something I like. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's, you know, that's fine. Like, I, it's been a learning curve for me. I've, like, definitely, like, learned about what people are making right now that, you know, it's useful to have somebody who's, like, a semi-famous actor in your film, Um to help it get funding, to help it get distribution, to help it get circulated and festivals. Um, but also there were festivals who were interested in it. And that was also really cool to get that reception. Um, and I, you know, I think there are people who are like looking for something a bit different. Um, and like I said, I didn't really have an agenda. So I was happy with the reception I got from the festivals that were interested because I didn't even know I was going to submit to festivals. I was like, let me see how this thing turns out before I even <laughs> yeah. send it anywhere. Yeah. So have you been in attendance to the, any of the festivals? Yeah, we had a screening at the uh, New Filmmakers Festival in Antho- Anthology Filmmakers in New York, and I attended that, um, and that was great. Um, yeah, um, it was awesome to see, like, people laughing at the jokes and yeah like hearing people's feedback afterwards and then we have one on saturday night in toronto quite a female uh, yeah mm-hmm. yeah and uh, i think a big part and i just started doing the festivals a couple of years ago and uh not only is it oh. great to watch the movies but uh you really get to um to interact with other filmmakers and other people who love film and uh you know mm-hmm. and maybe you know maybe you'll end up working with you know some other people yeah, definitely. It's important for networking and like learning yeah, and that's the word I was and moving for. forward. <laughs> yeah, yeah, um, yeah. So I'm super keen. Like, like I said, I I didn't know much about making a film when I made this film. I just knew that I wanted to just do it, and um, now I'm ready to sort of like take it to the next level and like expand upon that. Um, yeah, I think it's it's. Festivals are great for that, for meeting people um, and just like learning about what you can do, getting feedback from industry people and like meeting other screenwriters. Um, And for me, it's like I'm really curious to collaborate next time with somebody else um, and just see what ideas they can bring, especially somebody who has similar taste to me. Um, So, yeah, I'm excited about that. Yeah. So so after making your, your first feature, it's definitely something you want to continue doing. I would love to, yeah. I think um, getting into festivals is like a good bump to kind of like um, push you to push me to make more make more films, you know. Because I'm like, oh, it's being well received. People are interested in what I'm doing. I should do something else. Um, and maybe you just like think about like my process a little bit, and um, so it doesn't have to take four years, you know. <laughs> um, so yeah, definitely, um, definitely want to explore making more films. For yeah. as long as I can. Uh, I know it's a little early yet, but do you know where Francis will go after the festivals? I'm not too sure at the moment. Got a couple of like viewers out there, and maybe looking to put it some kind of distribution or somewhere online. So just working on that at the moment. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of there's a lot of uh, platforms now, which 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 is a good thing for you know independent. Yeah, movies. there are. Mm-hmm. Uh, do you have any thoughts on the F rating, which I know there's going to, I think there's a panel that's going to be at the uh, Female Eye Film Festival about this. 
Um, no, I need to know more about it. Um, do you have like info on it? Cause I'm like, not. I don't have a ton of information besides this email, but I believe it, it's a, it's a rating, uh, that, that, that people know that it's a, it's a female made film. That's awesome. Yeah. I mean, I totally support that. And I, I think, um, I think there should be more female directors out there. I'm sure there are, to be honest. They just like, maybe are just like getting started or like, there just needs to be more of them. We need to get more female perspectives in movies or just like good perspectives, you know, female and male. So I'm totally supportive of that. Mm -hmm. The, um, you said earlier about, uh, you know, just loving film. And so what are some of the movies that that you watched and, made you decide like mm-hmm. I, I would like to make one um trying to think <laughs> my mind always goes blank when someone asks me what my favorite something is sure. or like it's not necessarily your um, favorite but the one that inspired you i guess um i'm really inspired by david cronenberg and the movie the brood um i'm not sure if you're familiar with it but it's yeah. like one of his earlier movies um and uh, i like I like the kind of like horror movies that have a psychological, a real psychological horror, like to the, at the core and um, that the, in this movie, the brood that she create this, these children who she like has are just like a extension of her pain and her fear and her misery. And she's doing all this kind of self help in this like weird little commune place. Um, and, the brood sort of like escapes into the city and tries to attack and threaten her child and her husband. And I love all of that. Like it's super, it was really creepy. Um, I love the fly. Um, I like, there's a movie called Cure uh, with Kurosawa. That was one of my favorite movies. Um, there's an, uh, uh, Chantal Ackerman. She's like a big influence on me. John Dealman like inspired me to shoot the way I did in this film. Um, I like all the long shots and um, the slow and you see everything happening and there's not that much editing. I really like that. I think it's very, um, it, it's kind of ballsy cause it like, you know, people like usually don't want to sit and watch a scene like without their cutting to another angle. I like how, it's just like you see her doing all of these monotonous chores and then the tension just builds and builds and builds. And by the end of the film, she just like freaks out. And I really like that. Um, I think it's something else um, that's good. Um, directors. Um, I love Catherine Briot. She's like a French director. Um, she's just in terms of like female perspectives, like her movies are amazing. They're just so war and, um, you know, just like really, really honest about like women and the way they're treated and the, the sadness and the like, and sometimes the, the violence and the anger and the rage in like the world of the woman. Um, yeah. And it's, her movies aren't just about women being empowered and being like strong, but they're about some of the, like the vulnerabilities behind being a woman and like, um, they're not like easy to sort of watch and they can kind of be uncomfortable. And I like, I like, I really like the way she like tells stories. Um, yeah. Um, I don't know. I'm trying to like think. Um, I think I really loved Cluzo, like all of his movies. Like um, I, um, 
um, Todd Haynes' movie Safe um, with Julianne Moore. Um, that's going to be one of my favorite movies. Again, inspired the way in which I shot this film, like lots of static shots. Um, and then, you know, it's sort of like a, a lot of, like, there's a lot of boredom for the, the female character in that film. And um, there's a lot of silence in that movie as well. And a lot of, like, tension being built up because she is kind of, like, losing her mind and she's, like, allergic to everything. Um, I love the acting in that movie, too. Supernatural. Um, not supernatural, and it's very natural. Um, right. So, um, yeah, like, um, that's, like, a, a big influence <laughs> on me. Um, uh, there's a movie called The Swimmer. I always forget the director. Um, but it's about this guy who um, goes from house to house. It's like shot set in the 50s and he um, he's just kind of like visiting all his rich friends in their like Connecticut summer homes and he's swimming in their pools. And then um, at the end he gets to his house and as he's swimming through every pool, you learn about his relationship with people and his own family and how he's just kind of like this guy who just likes to float around and like network and just chit chat with everyone. But nobody really has any respect for him because they're kind of like, Hey, what about your own family who you've sort of abandoned? Um, so that's like a big, that was one of my favorite films. Um, yeah, I think that's kind of like a, some of them, are some of them. Yeah. That's a lot of good ones. Where, where's, where do you like to watch the movies? Do you, are you in the screen, in the theater or, I used to go to the cinema a lot, like, and watch mm. things on screen, but I kind of got, like, not lazy, but, like, I've just become, like, more kind of into, like, watching things at home, I think. Um, and uh, I think because I just, I just prefer, like, it, just, like, everything's, I can just, like, work it around my schedule better. Um, although I do like to go see things at the, at the theatre, too. Um and I just, you know, I can just like control the conditions a little bit more. We could be quiet and like, you know, I can, I also have a tendency to watch films over the course of like three days, which right, a lot of people right. don't like doing. No, I, don't, I don't know why. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, I kind of like it because it makes me feel like I'm like, I, what I do is I go to work or whatever and I'm like thinking about the film and how I'm going to get home. Right. Yeah, it's like, it's kind of like. something to look like forward to. Yeah. yeah, it's sort of like how people, I think, approach TV shows. And I don't really watch that much TV, so it's sort of like, oh, I still have to find out what happens here. You know, I, li- I like kind of dragging things out. Mm-hmm. So that's kind of what I do. Yeah, I, I, I can see that because I do think um, uh, if you watch a TV show every week as opposed to binge watching, you do appreciate it more because you yeah. you, you got to think about it that whole week. You know, like, yeah. oh, I wonder what's going to happen. Where if you binge watch, you can watch it all at once. And uh, I don't right. think you necessarily pay attention as as much either if you binge watch yeah. it. Yeah, exactly, yeah. And it spoils you. So, that makes sense now. Yeah. I, I probably, I'm probably not disciplined enough to do that, but I get it. <laughs> well, I think it requires discipline to just pay attention to something for three hours or two hours, you know? <laughs> like, true. oh, what happened, just happened in that scene? Oh, I missed that. Like, you know, that's why going to the theater, like, forces you... You can't to, rewind. Like, yeah. <laughs> yeah, you're just like, what's going on? You can't start thinking about what you're going to eat for dinner. You're, like, involved. And you're mm-hmm. very present. So, in a way, you know, I probably should watch more. Yeah. Um, but, <laughs> I don't yeah. know. Yeah, I do like that about the theater, because you're, you're there and you can't escape it. 
I guess you right. could if you're like an ass and you just pull out your phone. But if if you're if you're a, a nice person, you weren't going to pull out your phone and you're just going to sit there and the screen's right there and it's no really escaping from it. You're you're immersed in, in yeah. the movie. Yeah, and especially with like you know nowadays how everybody's just checking their phone every two minutes, or you can't yeah. like be without your phone. It's like actually great to have people have to turn their phones off and be completely like focused on what they're watching. Like if you go see a show, you know, and you see a band playing, like you know, I saw a show the other day, and it's just like people just had like their phones up, and I was like, I couldn't see anything. Um, so you know, it's great that we still have that like. Um, intimacy in the in the theater space. Yeah, it's always weird when I see that because, uh, like, uh, at a, a wrestling event, I go to. I, I'm a wrestling fan, but um, oh, cool. they. Uh, it's weird because you think about it. People are going to a live show, but then they're choosing to watch it through like a small screen, which you could have just done at home. I know it's just like they want to show that they went to the thing. Yeah. And then it's like, well, well, like you, you're showing that you went to the thing and you just go on your phone. Like, <laughs> right. You know what I mean? Like, I don't know. Yeah. Well, okay. You could take a picture. Something. You could take a selfie yeah, or something. Yeah, yeah. But not watch but the whole like show through the thing. Continuously yeah. recording something. It's just like, yeah, because it's affecting the other person who's trying to watch. But yeah, I know what you mean. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I didn't even have a phone till about five years ago, maybe a little longer than that. But I didn't oh, want to get good. one. I thought I would never use it. But I am one of the. I am on it quite a bit now. But yeah, it's part of our culture. I mean, everyone's on yeah. their phone. Like you, you can't do your job or do what you need to do without having your phone by you. So yeah, yeah. Uh, so part of me wishes I never get one, but uh, I probably need it for the show. I guess. Right. <laughs> yeah. Same. So where can people follow you? Not not your home, but if they want to follow you online and see, which I yeah. don't think you have much social media because I was trying to look you up here. Um, I have my personal social media. It's um, Niddy V N I D D N I D D Y V. Uh, that's my Instagram handle. I think there's not an un- underscore under that. Or if you just go Nidavor Instagram, it should come up. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, Niddy V. Um, and then I'm just posting about my film and some music projects I'm involved in, um, a band I'm in. So like, yeah, just like follow me there. And then I also have a website for the film, francisfilm.com, where I update with the screening. That's true. I did see that. Yeah. Um, yeah. Um, so yeah, any updates and any new projects I'll be posting there. What what's uh, what kind of band? Um, it, we're kind of like a um, it's a it's it's a weird thing. We're like a mixture. We we have like punk. And then we have like some hip hop funk. Um, we're just like trying things out. We've only been playing together for about a year and we just all have so many different, we all like so many different genres of music. So we've just been like, let's just do what we like, you know, kind of like my film. You know? yeah, I was going to say, I, so see, got, I see a running theme. Yeah. Well, we got one song, like we, we're, we're playing in um, November actually at the Heart Bar in Brooklyn, um, if anyone's around, <laughs> and um, November 21st, 25th, sorry. Um, and, uh, like, you know, we're like, let's start with, like, a the song that's, like, kind of, like, punky, but, like, a little bit on more on the hardcore side, but not really hardcore. But, like, and then we go into, like, a song that's, like, a little bit more just, like, regular punk. And then we go to a song that's, like, really indie. And then we just do a song that's, like, a little bit more hip-hop. Um, and it's just because we're just, like, why not? <laughs> you know, I'm sure, like, as we start playing more and we record more, we'll probably get more, like, 
I don't know, maybe we'll consolidate into like a style we like, or maybe not, you know, I don't know. Um, yeah. So, yeah. <laughs> I'm interested to check this out. Uh, I like yeah, it. definitely. Yeah. We're called Gangbox, um, yeah. and I also have the link to that. And we should have some music. We recorded something like two months ago, so we should have some music coming on like soon. We're just waiting for it to get mixed and mastered. So, mm-hmm. are you uh, are you the vocalist, or what do you what do you do? Um, I play guitar, um, drums, uh, and bass, but I mainly play guitar to be honest, and some mm-hmm. bass and bass and drums a little bit. Um, and then we all kind of do vocals, but we have a lead vocalist and then we have an, a really awesome drummer. Um, and then me and the drummer kind of switch up on bass. She does bass as well sometimes. Uh, so that makes it really fun that we can just like try things out, you know. Yeah. Um, do you play? No, no. Oh, okay. I, uh, yeah. Uh, unfortunately, I, I sing karaoke very badly, but... <laughs> I'm crap at karaoke. I really can't sing anything anybody else sings like uh-huh. well because I think I'm like, oh, I'm trying to sing it that way. Yeah, I'm really I, bad at karaoke. Well, I did discover something about karaoke because so uh, Buffalo Dreams, uh, not Buffalo, it was uh, Boston Phil, Boston Underground Film Festival mm-hmm. uh, last year. I I was drinking a lot last year and I sang mm-hmm. um, Monster Mash, and the crowd <laughs> loved it, and I thought it was great. Uh, this year I stopped drinking in November, so I was sober oh, and I definitely. sang monster mash and the crowd still loved it, but I thought it was horrible. So I, yeah. I noticed, I noticed a trend there. I think it really depends yeah. on, on the amount of alcohol. If, uh, if yeah. you know, so I pro- probably won't partake <laughs> at the karaoke now that I'm, that I'm, uh, I'm not drinking anymore. I don't think I yeah. have the same, but it's not as fun. Yeah. It's I know. It's like, what am I doing? Yeah. <laughs> I do. I do have a uh, what do you call it? a ukulele here, which I, I've oh, I've, looked, cool. I've played a little bit. Uh, I bought it when I went to Woodstock. I thought, hey, I'm going to buy a, a a ukulele while I'm in Woodstock. It made sense at the time, but uh, I haven't I haven't really learned how to play it yet. But I did I did find some tutorials on uh, on YouTube, so maybe I'll get to it. That's awesome. I've never played the ukulele, but I always wanted to because I know it's like how many strings is it? Four, uh, three three right that's it yeah. yeah yeah i've seen some people play it and it sounds really cool like i think there's a lot you can do with a ukulele so yeah i'm curious about that yeah all right well you inspired me i'll, I'll, I'll get up yeah <laughs> cool i'll start my own band yeah you should <laughs> <laughs> i like it so very good so uh i dug francis and i hope people uh check it out at the female eye film festival and i'm very interested to see uh what you do in the future thank you so much thank you for your time and it's been great chatting to you yeah it's been awesome i really appreciate this awesome thanks yeah. a lot thank you All take right. care you as well okay. bye bye, bye. bye.